Welcome to our show, Kunandrum. I am your host, Holly Greystone. And I'm your other fabulous host, Gary M. Thorin Jr. Welcome back. It's been a minute since we've connected. Yeah, um, more than a minute, but yeah, it's been it's been a it's been a bit long different. it's been like a long minute. So what happened is I had to put Gary on timeout, <laughs> <laughs> and so you know we're jumping back into it. But yeah, hey, how are uh, you doing? Uh, I'm doing well. Uh, I have been being a grandpa a lot, and yeah. um. So doing that, we celebrated Easter, not this last, so last week, was it last weekend? Was Easter last weekend or weekend before last? Must have been the weekend before It was last. the weekend before last. Yeah. Yes, because, so, yes, yeah. weekend before last. Maybe. Um, I don't remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it had to have been. But anyway, so did uh, we had Easter over here at our place in the, the, the uh, grandkids and I went out trying to find the Easter bunny. And so because he was late getting here. And so, and miraculously, while we were gone, the Easter Bunny came and put the eggs out everywhere. So that was, so, so that oh, that's was fun. Yeah. So we Did almost. Did you guys did, use real eggs or plastic eggs? Oh, plastic eggs with candy in them. So. Yeah, you reuse them. Well, and also the the boys, they're crazy. They don't like eggs. They, they're, I know. I are know. They your, are they your relatives? Are they related yeah. to you? Well, and that's it throws Lily off too because Lily loves her eggs, so it's like she doesn't get where this came from. So it's not, but yeah, they don't like eggs. So we'll blame we'll blame the dad. <laughs> yeah, I am. Anyway, so uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, yeah, <laughs> and then we move. So, but um, other than that, I've been working, really enjoying my job that's really basically a desk job and working Monday through Friday I can go in on Saturday if I want to to try to catch up and I should have yesterday and I just didn't because I my allergies Jesus Christ being back wow. in this area they were just they kicked my ass well, so we had a we had a really wet season over here and I think yeah. everything is just so excited to be blooming right now yeah, yeah. It, I, I did oh I was gonna say the thing is that we did celebrate uh, you know, Chris of uh, Chris and Amelie. His birthday was on Friday, and we went out to dinner with them last night and celebrated his birthday. And so, nice. So that was yeah. So that was that was our boy. That was our big thing we've done recently. We're doing that. We're gonna go see the most recent play at Moscow Community Theater today. Okay. Oh, um, and don't ask me the name of it right now because I forgot the name of it. But it's it's um it's a it's a children's place. So that's I can I remember that. So oh, I should say take a the, young adult. Are the grandkids going to go with you? No, this is they're they're still this Netflix age has made it really hard for kids to try to sit still, you know, mm. for any length of time. So no, they they would not come to this. So. I think that's. I think that's true, though, of children of a certain age to begin with. Yeah, I think it's but but I do agree that it is. It feels like it's worse because of that Netflix age of just that bright screen and. Well, yeah. there's a, they're they're normally in their home and they can run around doing stuff while they're watching it. They don't right. have to, you know. So I think all that plays into it. And remember, they're only three and four, so they're still not. Oh quite. no! I thought they were two years older than that. Like yeah, across so the no. board. 
Yeah, no. Yeah. So they've still got a couple of years before we probably want to take them to a live production of that kind of stuff. We would love to like, we actually tried to win tickets when Paw Patrol went to Spokane. We tried to get tickets for that. But oh, that would have been fun. And, and then we, we would have bought tickets, but they were, Paw Patrol was sold out. So it was like, you know, so, was, you know, trying to win some tickets didn't happen. So, but okay. that was, yeah. Other, I mean, yeah, just sort of living life and but a different pace for you, right? Um, yes, I again loving my job for that reason. So it's been um I get to leave it at work and not have to bring it home and I'm not working really weird fucked up hours. I mean I yeah, it's just nice that <laughs> I said the software program we're using is we're finally we have a new software program we're finally getting used to it um that's been interesting and a challenge and we realized there's a couple areas that were we decided finally we have to get a different payroll um because the what they have for the payroll is non-existent it's just it's the last two pay periods for me have just sucked oh no we're we're getting a new we're getting a new program for payroll which that'll be good so it's so fun when these corporations come in and they're like oh hey you're gonna upgrade you want to upgrade this software hey we have a software package you could also add all of these other things to it as well and then they make this switch they don't test it out and it just crashes their system or it's not compatible with software on, on different types of devices then you have firewalls and then you have server securities. You have all these things. It's like, did you guys not check this out before you sold it to them or bought it? Yeah. Well, and it's, um, so this is, to be fair, I'm not by any means defending this company, but they've been, they've, it's still fairly new. And I won't say the name of it, but it's, it's a no, fairly it's... new company still. So, I give them some credit. So it's a work in progress. We just thought it was, and they told us it was, we thought it was farther along than what it's proven to be. Mm. Um, but we're kind of, you know, it's one of that, you know, we're in, you know, we can't go backwards. We're in, we're just dealing with it now. So, yeah. So, um, and it gets better as we go along, but still not great. Sure. So, you know, and I oh, like I said, that's worse. I was thinking this was a, a bigger company. I didn't think you guys had gone with like a fairly new company. That oh, that, yeah, no. that makes sense. Yeah. So it's um <laughs> so just you know finding out the bugs and shit like that. So how's your job going? Oh um it has some good I mean, the things I love about my job, I still love about my job. I still love working with business owners and, and going out and talking to people and Help, helping people work together to either solve a problem or identify a concern and come up with some solutions or come up with a creative new event, whatever. Like I really, I really enjoy those things and I'm pretty good at those things. Things I'm struggling with is that my job feels more and more like I'm just a glorified admin. And it feels like I'm doing a lot of the work that I feel that my board of directors would otherwise do or at least contribute to a greater extent. And it feels like that buck's been passed to me. And the and this narrative I'm getting is, well, we have real jobs. This is your job. We're volunteers. You're supposed to do all this stuff. 
And then I'm like, okay, you know, to an extent I get, I get where they're coming from. And then I look at the things that I'm supposed to be doing and it's, and the things that I feel like they're supposed to be doing. I don't feel like I should be creating the board training program or the board onboarding program or succession planning or things like that. You know, I feel like, I feel like that's a, a telling my bosses what to do kind of narrative. I don't mind being part of it and helping with the discussion, but it just feels a little off. Yeah. Um, and then when I'm, when they say, what can we do to help? Because it's a lot of job and it, there wasn't a lot of things in place when I started mm-hmm. and I'm like, yeah, I can use help with X. And then a couple months down the road, they're like, well, we don't have time for X. It's your job to come up with a polished finished product. And then we do an edit on that draft and then you publish it. And it's like, well, that changes my timeline on things because I was working on building out the work plans for the different committees and working on all these other elements, securing letters of support, securing um, promises of B&O taxes when we become a designated community uh, entity, uh, which is a, a tax status within the state of Washington's uh, Main Street program. And it just it just feels a bit off and and i'm struggling a little bit with that uh overall though i really do like my job i like what i do i love the program it's still a proven program and i love talking to the community about it and i think our community will really thrive under this implementation of this program so (laughs) it's just a matter of trying to find time to do that responsibly they are not, <clears throat> my board does not have like a flex or comp built into overtime, hours over 40. Yeah. And, and I don't mind if I do hours over 40, you know, if we have an event or we have something going on, you just do. But I'm not going to do that for three months or four months or five months, month after month after month, just working over 40 hours, just, just get the work done type analogy to that or, or, or mentality behind that. And, and it's not that I don't want to do the work. It's just, I will burn out and there'll be nothing left of me to offer to my community mm-hmm. when the, when that, when that program's done. And then I'll just get flushed out and somebody else will go into the program and it might not work for them because it wasn't designed at that point to be handed off to another executive director. The point is, is to build a, a, a reliable program that you can hand down to the next generation of executive directors, board of directors, and so on. And it's not, it's not quite there. It's pretty, pretty close, but it's not quite mm-hmm. there. And I feel like if I just burn myself out, which is what it feels like I'm being asked to do. And it's like, that's kind of where I'm struggling right now. I mean, there's just interpersonal conflicts that kind of come up with every job so it's just working through it in a in in a mature way and and not getting so wrapped up in the emotions of it but recognizing you know whether where's their perspective where's my perspective where can we find common ground how can we have these conversations um and i'm i'm hopeful i continue to be hopeful but overall i do really enjoy my job and i on top of that i've downsized a lot of my time in some of my volunteer stuff that I was doing. As you know, I was um, board president of Pullman Civic Theater for a while. And I stepped down from that and I'm helping out with the business manager stuff until we get things kind of sorted out because we're we're basically rebuilding the entire theater, yeah. the, the whole program and everything. 
which is good. You have to cut the shaft as it were and, and replant and start somewhere new and fresh. And it's a 70, it was a 78 year old program that really didn't have any radical base change. It just, everything on the surface was being changed, but nothing actually on the structure was being changed. And so it's nice to see some new perspectives being brought in from both the creative side and the business side working together and it not just being one side telling the other side what to do. Um, so that's nice. It's, and it's nice not to feel so burdened by all of that and not have, <clears throat> I felt like the whole weight of it was on me when it, I really shouldn't have been, but it felt like it. I really love theater and I love what it does for our community, especially right now with all the, with everything that's going on and, and just equality and, queer people and young people and it's just nice that we have these places these in our communities where we could come together and theater is certainly one of those places so excited about about that transition um besides work i i there was some stuff going on uh health-wise and traveling i as you know excuse me <coughs> i'm getting over a respiratory infection i've been sick for the last two weeks which is great um, I went to Taiwan with my mom. It was a trip that we had been planning for, I don't know, months. And if I had known at sooner that that was even a possibility to go to Taiwan, I would have gone sooner before political shit started hitting the fan over the last couple of years. I mean, it's been happening a lot anyway. Yeah. It's just like, I got there as their president was coming to New York and China's doing drills in the, in the, in the, around the outer rims of of this of the island it was like hmm make sure you got your passport on you make sure you know where your embassy is or you know where you need to go for safety <coughs> excuse me so uh, yeah it was it was interesting we we flew i flew to seattle to catch a flight with my mom because we were flying together it was cheaper to go to drive to canada and fly from Canada to South Korea to Taiwan than it was to fly straight from Seattle, which was super weird. But it was. Okay. It was a okay. thousand, it was like a thousand dollars a person cheaper to do that. And that's with so like with that savings, we went first class, which is kind of the point. When you got mm -hmm. a 16-hour flight, you want, oh, yeah. to, you want to be able to lay down and enjoy some aspect of your evening. So yeah, it was good. I got a, I got to see some pretty cool things. I, I would like to go longer. Um, there's some hiking and, and some other events, things I wasn't able to do. My mom's uh, physical abilities were a little bit limiting. Um, I think the change in altitude didn't help, and the mm -hmm. long and the long flights probably didn't help with that. Yeah. So, kind of do a different approach next time. My cell phone did not work at all. And I don't know. I kind of think I know why. I think roaming got turned off on my phone. But I don't know why that would have happened because I don't turn that off. Because I get it. It's part of my package. I get it for free. But anyway, we got there. I couldn't use the translator. I couldn't use maps. I oh, jeez. I couldn't. Nothing. So if I had to be attached to another like human who had that ability to either have a translator or could translate for me. So either family that lives there or my mom. And my mom has never traveled like this before. And so it it became very apparent that I was going to be the guide and problem solver. At least that's what it felt like. We got, mm. like, we walk around at airport. Where do we go? I'm like, I don't know, mom. I'm looking for greed lettering, 
Green is good. I'm going to go towards green or blue. Blue is also good. I'm going to go towards green or blue lettering. And I'm going to read one of those two colors to determine what direction I need to go. You know, and it was just like this brilliant woman. She's a brilliant woman. It was just like, what do I do? I'm like, I'm figuring it out too. Like we're, we literally got here in the same vehicle. We're the same place. We're figuring, I don't know any more about the language or culture than you do. I mean, I did look up, you know, where the places we needed to go, how to contact 911, whether or not it was safe for queer people, whether or not it was safe for women, you know, things like that, cultural things that I kind of needed a bearing on. And it just, yeah, every airport, every security checkpoint, all of it was like, what do we do? What do we do? What do we do? So it was overwhelming because I'm overwhelmed just trying to figure out how to navigate these freaking giant airports. They're like malls. They're indoor city-sized malls. And it's like, and trying to get from one side to the other. And my mom was having some some stuff with her feet because she was swelling because of the, the altitude and everything. So she couldn't move very well. And the first airport wouldn't drive her to the gate. And then, and, cause she had asked. And so I didn't ask after that. I walked up to them. I'm like, she, she is number three on your list. Mobility assist. She's getting on. Like, it was just, we're doing this. Here's, mm-hmm. here's my gate information. We're taking this, we're taking this trolley. Yeah. Cause it just, it was not fair for her. You know, she, it's not her fault that she's swelling because of, altitude change right yeah so but it was frustrating um i think there was just some frustrating things that just kind of happen in general and travel that i think you just you learn from you grow from and then you're like okay i now know how to mitigate that and i did a lot of that for myself and i'm very excited to go again um and having having even more positive experience i had a great experience i got to meet some pretty amazing people i got to meet extended family ate amazing food uh, see amazing architecture and historical monuments, things like that. It was, it was a blast. I really did enjoy it. Um, and we got to, I mean, first class was, I mean, it was first class. Oh yeah. <laughs> you know, they give you like TV and food. I could have all the alcohol I wanted, which I didn't, you know, but you just, you can have whatever brought to you. Yeah. And it's like, I just want to sit here and watch this fun movie and take a nap and read a book and take a nap and, you know, so it was fun. I really enjoyed that. And then I got home and I was healthy wise. I didn't have any issues, but the following week I ended up having like this weird, it started turning bright red and swelling. And it, the doctor's like, well, it could be environmental or you have a viral infection and you won't know for five days. I'm mm-hmm. like, well, I'm going to Vegas in two days for my birthday. And they're like, okay, well, I mean, if you feel fine, go wear a mask just in case. I'm like, okay. So I go, I have a mask. I get back. No. (laughs) Hold on. Time out. A volcano in Russia erupted and it grounded flights in Alaska and and parts of Northern America. Yeah. My flight was one of those flights. Oh, no. We had to go somewhere else to fly out the following morning in order to even get to Las Vegas in time to see a show that we had paid for. And and it was possible we would still be grounded. So we got in a car left the airport, picked up two random people we've never met from that airport and took them with us. Uh, <laughs> of course, because that's what Desiree, yeah. and I, Desiree and I do. Made fast friends, decided that we were all going to just get a hotel together because we couldn't find hotels anywhere because all those planes that were grounded all had people that needed places to stay. 
So yeah. there's there was no rental cars and there's no hotels. So we ended up getting a suite that we could all share. And we just, I was, I had my own car. So um, we drove up to the, to the next airport and we just ended up going out to a, a restaurant. We went to this historical building beforehand for drinks because we had an hour wait. It's a historical building. So, you know, I'm going to dork out about it. So I took one of these, her name is uh, Deep Tea. I was like, Deep Tea, let's, I'm going to take you on a historical tour. You've never been here before. So I took her on this tour and I'm talking about this historical building. When the executive director of the Main Street program that I'm applying for walks through the front door and goes, are you kidding me? And so then <laughs> she sees me doing what I love to, to do. And she's like, you are the perfect executive director for, for this program. Like, it was just fortuitous that this whole thing, this whole thing happened. Anyway, so we didn't get to bed until uh, midnight, got up at 2.30 to catch a 5 a.m. flight, couldn't sleep, get to Las Vegas. It's Las Vegas, and it's not. Yeah. And we were meeting people there, so we did we couldn't just go take a nap. Like we had to like <laughs> shower and get all of our stuff. Anyway, we in a in a three day period, we had like six hours of sleep. I believe it because because of how how that we had to change our flight coming back. Yeah, because our car wasn't at the original airport; it was at the other airport. So we had to change, <laughs> we had to change all of that. Right. And so we're literally we're driving into work, not showered, no fresh clothes because we didn't plan on this extra added thing to our trip. I done 12 o'clock on a Monday. I'm done. I'm, I'm barely able to breathe. My I, I started having some respiratory issues and it just went downhill after that. And so I'm finally, oh, no. I'm finally to the point where I can have a conversation <laughs> oh geez yeah i'm sorry i uh, know it was crazy i thought i was going to end up in the er two days ago for a breathing treatment because it just my oxygen level was bouncing around 94 percent, and they're like well when you get to 94 and i'm like yeah but i'm not staying at 94 i'm at 94 and then i take a breath and i pop up to 95 and then i drop back down to 94 so i'm not going to the er i'm such a stubborn brat <laughs> anyway obviously i'm still here yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it's always with you guys fun. It's always been fun. We're working yeah. on putting all of our art up in our house. So that we're finally that was part of why we didn't do our podcast for a while. We were closing on one house and trying to move out of out of it and get into here, and it was just every available weekend, just getting everything out and try and then trying to get the house we're in to a state we can actually live in and not have our dogs destroy stuff because there's yeah. boxes and crap everywhere. So. We're, we're at a pretty decent spot. We're now starting to put all our art up and build our furniture and put things away and find, you know, find things that we haven't been able to find because it was a rush to get the last little bit out mm -hmm. of the previous house. So it's, it's feeling so much better. I'll have to send you some pictures later of the art that we got up. I'm pretty excited. Yeah. Or just invite us over for coffee at some point or something. You but, know, you maybe know. dinner. I don't know. Yeah. You know, but whatever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> We could do it the next time we record. You could come here and we'll show you the art. Okay. That works. I got your husband's family pictures up in Pride of Place. Always. I love, love the Borland pictures. Yeah. So they're in Pride of Place right now in our living room. Um, Actually, all the pieces are in the living room. So just really okay. enjoy those pieces. They mean a lot. Anyway, I know we could, I could go on forever just catching up with you. We should probably get into our show. Can we take a quick moment? I need. I want to go get some more coffee then. So yes, yeah, so you can take a. We're gonna uh, listeners. We're gonna take a coffee break. So grab your coffee, and I'll see you in two. <laughs>
All right, now that we got our coffee, let's get into our show. You want to start us off? Um, I before W. Uh, so yeah, we um we are discussing today. Well, the wonderful state of how um <laughs> how in the last what six years since Trump yeah. was in office, it's uh. Queer rights have really been issues, but in particular, trans rights have become yeah. a huge hot topic, which I, you know, it's, I don't, coming from, we're both people who don't truly, you know, we're not living the experience, so. True. But it just, um, it's beyond me. I mean, so I just wanted to, Two of the um, headlines from within these are both attention grabbers for Idaho from the last year. So keep this in mind. Um, Idaho governor signs bill that restricts transgender students' bathroom use in schools. And so that's a law wow. now in Idaho wow. that um, you you cannot. And I remember when I was working at the U of I, that was had become an issue there. You know, pretty much. Most people ignored it, but you can't ignore this stuff because when you ignore it, they can go farther. You know, people are going, okay, yeah, whatever the fuck they want, we're still going to do what we do here and we don't care, which kind of is true with Moscow. They're kind of like this liberal bastion of places other than the fact that Freak Show Church is taking over here. But um, so that, so people have to, we have to remember, well, first of all, vote people out. We have to vote people yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely. It's who we vote in that's causing these issues. And then the other one is Idaho governor signs bill banning. Oops, wrong one. I'm doing that one again. Um, Idaho governor signs bill banning gender affirming care for transgender minors. Again, that's in process. That, that's going now. So, um, one of the people. It affects, I mean, she's not a minor anymore, but it is one of our last guests we had on our show is Marcia. I mean, mm -hmm. this affects Marcia. I, and it's um, something. So I, I promise almost everybody, whether you know it or not, has a trans person in their lives. Mm -hmm. You may not know it, but I guarantee you, you know somebody who's trans. I mean, it's just, it's... Um, <coughs> You got me sick, Holly. It's, it's all your fault. That's how contagious it is. Yeah. Quick, <laughs> so, cover your ears. <laughs> <laughs> We're on Zoom right now. So, um, but it's the, it's scary that, so I live, what, I live seven miles away from Poland, which is in Washington state. I live in a state that is banning uh, several things with transgenders. They put in a bill in Idaho, try to get a little bit past transgender a little bit, but that just, that makes it um, trying to get rid of, it's holy worded shit, but basically trying to get rid of marriage equality again. I mean, these are all bills going on in the, in the state that I'm living right now. Mm -hmm. um, the luck that I have, that Dean and I both have is that if this stuff gets really bad in Idaho, 
we're seven miles away from any number of friends who would be willing to let us stay with them until we can get things figured out. So I know all that and I feel lucky about that. But then we have people like Marcia who I, she doesn't have that ability. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. what happens to Marcia if all this stuff really goes into Well, what life? happens to all the Marcias, right? It's, well, yeah. it's, it's, there's, it's, it's not just like the adults that are impacted by this, but there's also <clears> been the children who identify as transgender that are impacted by this and the families that want to support and care for their child as a parent should want and be able to do, where do they go? You know, we have a friend who lives in Idaho and they have a a minor who has identified as transgender and they're working, the family is working with the counselor, works with the, working with the school, talking to their doctor. All of this is in Idaho and they're all closely watching the laws because they all have to be careful about how those laws impact them and the decisions yeah. they make. Right. And they have to, in their care, they have to, I mean, there's just so much. And the child has loving and supportive parents, which 46% increases their survivability to adulthood just on that alone. Right. right? And it's like, why can't we just let, it's, it's mind boggling to me. I'm sorry I interrupted you. No, that's kind of what I figured we're both going to be interrupting each other on this one in particular. Um, and it just goes, I, the area that you and I can both understand with this is that before we came out, each one of us, we've talked about this, we didn't breathe properly. We didn't, you know, we had a we had a heaviness on our shoulders that we had to bear. Once we're able to be truly who we are, mm-hmm. life just got better. Everything got better. Everything that. got better. Not It wasn't easy. No, there were no. still things that were hard. However, we're not dealing with that added burden that we were carrying and hiding because we were able to live more free. And as a result, we were able to find more people who love and support us through all those hard times. No, it's um, so I want to talk first of all, talk about the bathroom bill really quickly. Um, I'm re- taking this straight from CNN, so a fairly still trusted news source. Um, Senate Bill 1100, which takes effect, it took effect on July 1st, requires public schools to provide separate male and female bathrooms, locker rooms, showers, dressing areas, and overnight accommodations for students in the state. The restrictions do not apply to single occupancy restrooms. This bill also requires reasonable accommodation to be made for students who are unwilling or unable to use multi-occupancy restrooms or changing facilities. Requiring students to share restrooms and change utilities with members of the opposite biological sex generates potential embarrassment, shame, and psychological injury to students. <laughs> Sorry. I know. Wow. So, and what wow. they're doing is, I, I will say they're, they're wording it in a way that when I was, say, when I was 17, going, eh, I kind of get it. You know what I mean? So the way they're wording it, they're not getting across what what almost all anymore most people are saying not just gender you know transgender people people are saying we need more privacy in those kind of instances anyway more of those bathrooms that are just for the one person to use anyway not a bunch of stalls lined up uh locker rooms with more privacy i mean i even know that where i where i work out at uh pullman aquatic center there is more privacy now they actually have the showers all have privacy curtains up that you can choose to use or not. And mm-hmm. 
I mean, that's what it's, so they're trying to make this, they're truly making a mountain out of a molehill. They're just asking for these specific things so that, so that, God, I'm sorry, Marcy, that, that, that Marcy can go use the women's room, but it's still more of a private matter. You don't need to be out in the public. She's not showing off anything. She's just using the restroom. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I think, I think the idea of having more privacy in general and especially as our world becomes, uh, we have so many privacy issues to begin with, is is good. I think that is good. I think we need to be careful about how we go about that. If if somebody who is transgender goes into a restroom they identify as, and yeah. somebody in that room is like, oh, you're in the wrong room. It's like, what are you doing looking behind my curtain? Exactly. It's... um. Another transgender person I know who I this one I won't say their name because they have they haven't been on the talk about it, but they will use they they use the men's bathroom. I've been in the bathroom with them when they've used the men's bathroom. No matter what, they always go into a stall, so it's all private for them. I like I could care anyway, but <coughs> they were very conscious of making sure they didn't make anybody uncomfortable but they still felt more comfortable going into the men's bathroom and really in the end what fucking you know i always go to that what difference does it make if you're going to a stall unless you're putting your head underneath and looking or looking over it makes no difference who's using the bathroom for what anyway at all i was when i was traveling to taiwan and south korea all the bathrooms just about every single bathroom i went into the doors almost went floor to ceiling yeah. There were it there was there was enough room for you and your and a suitcase to be in there with you. Mm-hmm. They pretty much all of them had bidets. Some of the older structures didn't have bidets, but a lot of them had bidets. And it's like I'm not saying I would love for everyone here in the states to have bidets because it's healthier and, and clean. Anyway, having nobody's gonna be coming into the bathroom to know what I'm doing. For the two seconds it takes me to walk through the main door to that door where the toilet is. What do you care? You should be decently dressed as you are in the hallway as before we walked into this room. That's the way it is in most of Europe too, where I've gone to places in Europe. Yeah, that's what I heard too. It's, it was, it was wonderful. You could go in and just use the bathroom and not have to worry about, you know, you know, I, it's such a private matter anyway, you know, you don't really don't give a shit if it's, if it's another male or female next to you, you really just want to have that, space to yourself <laughs> right right it's not like i'm have. it's not like i'm asking you to watch me go to the bathroom or i need your help like it just it it's a mountain out of a molehill type situation exactly. yeah it's yeah it, and what it what i feel like it is 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 a, a smoke screen they're throwing up the smoke screen well it's all about this but really what it is is there it's discrimination and they're using yeah. A, val- a semi-valid reason in rewording it and applying it in a way that's discriminatory. And the other one, and just briefly talk about, then we'll, we'll, we'll I'm sure once you get to your washing stuff, we'll be Whoa. going back and forth talking about all this shit anymore. Oh, it's, but, it's so weird how different, we're so close together and we're so oh, very different. <laughs> yeah, for I mean, truly people understand we are seven miles away from each other. Seven miles and we live in two very radically different very. states. Idaho very is radical. at the bottom of the list of progressive um, of 
progressive what do you call it? equality rights. Yeah. And Washington's at the top. Yeah, the only states who are below us are Florida and Texas. To yeah. give you an idea where we're at. And again, yeah. we are eight miles, seven miles away. I mean, not even seven miles away from Washington State, seven miles away from Pullman. Moscow itself is three miles away from Washington State. I yep. mean, I mean, so it's just and you and for anybody coming from Pullman to Moscow, Moscow to Pullman, you know where Washington State border is by the pot shop. That's the last place you get to go to before it goes into. That is literally the line that's like, hey, now leaving the fun state and going to this other state. And I'm just saying that the majority of people in that pot shop have license Idaho licenses. I'm saying I'm one of them. I've used that place, you know. So it's that's another whole story that we could get off on. So. <laughs> um, so this is a more recent one. Again, our wonderful governor, Brad Little, I'm assuming that means he has little genitalia. Um, Idaho's governor signed a bill Tuesday criminalizing, criminalizing gender-affirming medical care for transgender minors. Governor Brad Little, a Republican, like that's a shocker, said the bill will stop children from getting puberty blockers, hormone treatment, or gender-affirming surgeries before they are mature enough to make serious health decisions. In signing this bill, I recognize our society plays a role in protecting minors from surgeries or treatments that can irreversibly damage their healthy bodies. Okay, so let's keep in mind here that they don't do this to six-year-olds. No. They do this to young adults to begin with when they truly get that far at that point. When they even get that far. That means they've gone through counseling, isn't it? Like I think it's two years of counseling. Yeah, maybe? Two, yeah, and that's generally nationwide. Yeah, yeah that's not that yeah. of a certain developmental age. There is counseling. There's your doctors, your family. This is all in place before all this shit started happening mainstream. Yeah. We have four hundred bills that have been introduced in the last two years. Four hundred bills of anti-trans, anti-LGBT laws that have been introduced 400 in the united states that have been implemented in the last two two days two two years excuse me it is just mind-boggling these things are already in place Healthcare providers have a certain standard and laws that they are licensed and are required to follow and that includes the care our transgender transgendered identifying individuals are getting it's like they they took something that didn't exist and made it exist to to completely blindside the fact that there. I could get into a whole conspiracy. It feels like it's a conspiracy. It's not, but it feels like it because it's. Oh no, it's a conspiracy. It is. People, a consp- I mean, people think of a conspiracy talking about hiding UFOs or hiding that Bigfoot exists. Conspiracies actually can be truth, though. They, they, you That's know- fair. That's fair. It feels like they're they're picking this one thing and saying, "Oh, we got to protect our women and our children, and we got to do it." It's really no. If that really is the case, then we would be doing we talk we won't be taking away women's health care. We would be talking about gun violence in our schools. We'd be talking about domestic terrorism. We'd be talking about equal pay for women, equal pay for women's sports. We'd be talking about all these other things. If the if that one thing was true that we're protecting our women and children, and every time we say, "Oh, we're going to protect our women and children," we're criminalizing people of color, or people of different orientation, sexual orientation, every single time. And it's all to protect, sorry, 
older white men in power. Not all, but a majority of those older white she's men just, in power. She's saying I'm old and I'm white. Okay. He is old and white. I, he got no white. power okay. though. He ain't got no yeah. power. No, I'm just kidding. Nah, I but, I, but no, it's, it's very, it is so beyond true that See, I, I think it is a conspiracy. I don't think it's not. I, I think that they are conspiring to silence, yes, a minority, but it's all these minorities that combine equal a majority of the people. Be, but they are they are conspiring. It's to do causing this. more division. We already had it to begin with. Yeah. Every single time. It's a division against, I'm white, you're black, you're taking my stuff away from me. You're going to go after my wife? And it's like, that's not at all. Like, how did that even get there? Oh, government. Somebody in some form of government and or capitalistic power that want to make money off of people are saying, well, they're going to take your money. Meanwhile, they're taking all of your money, but they're going to point at somebody else. And we're doing it again here. We're constantly causing this division. Because if we are united and working together on something, then shit like Russia is going to be a lot harder to do when we're not so focused on this damn infighting. Stuff like domestic terrorism would be hard to do because we wouldn't be so focused on this infighting. Sorry. Oh, well, no. It, and that's a real, I, I, well, this is being recorded. So that's a really good point, Holly. So is that um, you notice that all of a sudden this stuff became even more of an issue when Trump went up on charges, some very serious charges. And all of a sudden this became even more of an issue. I wonder if people were conspiring to take the heat off of Trump and bring this more towards things that really, honestly, most people don't care about until they get riled up, mm -hmm. until they get those people out there who aren't as worldly, maybe, um, who aren't as educated. Uh, not, and I'm not saying school educated, I'm just saying educated that they're getting these people riled up mm -hmm. to take it away from what's going on. Distraction. Yeah, and that's exactly what it is. It's a, yeah, look it's at my a, hand, look at my a, hand. It's a distraction technique, yeah. and it's to keep the heat, because when you're so focused on the, the headline of the day or the headline of the week or whatever, then you're not up on speed. You Then you're just reading <coughs> the snippets that somebody else puts, puts on Twitter about their thoughts on something. Like immigration, oh, it's the I'm my my company was tanked, or I'm not able to keep a job because these damn immigrants are taking my job and beat my chest and wah wah wah. And the reality is, when we pass these immigration laws and allow people to have a path to access to citizenship, companies cannot hire people under table and pay less. Then yeah. everybody's getting paid equally. Then you're not having the problem of your company being underbid by another company that's paying under the table. Yeah, that it literally fixes the very problem that you're bitching about. But you're focused on the Twitter headline instead of actually reading the facts. So in all this talk, we're you know talking about how terrible Idaho is. I will say that Idaho, Moscow is a place I love living. Um, but again, if it gets much worse, I'll be moving back to Pullman, even if it means staying with friends and family for a while. Um, but let's talk about Washington, which has its own challenges, but overall in a much better place than Idaho. Overall, yeah. I mean, we have 
We had challenges too. Yeah, uh, I'm in. Huh? Yeah, I'm in. Oh, he does some stupid bills. Oh, yeah. Yes. I'm not going to pay attention to him. No. Um. <laughs> so what's going on in Washington with... with- <laughs> Do you need so, a minute, hun? <laughs> yeah, sorry, my I got all, I got so excited. Um, yeah, what's going on with Washington? So, Washington for me, and, and, and Gary's talked about this a couple of times. Washington is so much further down the road of of LGBTQ rights and just equality in general. And we do have we do have some issues. Every every state has some issues. Um, New York's state is is further ahead than we are in 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 a lot of these things we're still the top five which is great out of this out of the states there's 20 states that are sorry 21 states that are making a lot of improvement towards equality there's 21 states that are not and then there's the rest of those buggers right there in the middle that just can't make up their mind where they're going to be on that proverbial fence um so washington state since since the late 1900s have have had lgbtq rights same sex um act, like just rights in general since i would say 1976 the seattle uh city council had passed employment discrimination ordinance a housing discrimination ordinance protecting protecting people they repealed the state sodomy law um lgbtq can fully um that are fully protected um, in both employment, housing, public accommodations since 2006. The, in 2012, same-sex marriage um, had been made legal. And what I didn't realize in that same law in 2012, it's actually legal for same-sex couples to adopt, which we talked about on this show before. I've had concerns about adopting because of all these laws. Is people have been, well, we have federal protection. I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't trust that. Now, here we are looking at our federal rights, you know, being attacked and Okay, before we go, which I love, the thing I love about the Washington law, Washington state is the only state in the union that actually the voters voted in legal marriage. Uh, every, all the yes. other ones, it was it was just a it, government decided to do it. But Washington yeah. is the only one. So I love yep. that. Thank you, Washington. So. Yes, thank you, Washington. It actually went from about a 67% approval and support to 86% yes. in, in 2019. And I was looking at the 2021 20, numbers because they haven't finished up the 22 numbers and it looks like it's going it's still holding right around that 26. So uh, yeah, anyway, moving on on that. So that and I'll, I'll drop some of those if the links that I'm pulling this information from in our in our show notes for you guys to take a look at. Um so as we see across all these, all of our states, we're seeing lawmakers after lawmakers come up with all these fucked up bills. Like I said earlier, there's like 400 bills that are been that have been proposed in the last two years. Washington state lawmakers are constantly bucking that proverbial trend and looking at gender affirming care and looking at a you know moving this in a positive and supportive direction for equality and gender affirming. So, in in January 2022, Washington State um, imposed a gender affirming act, and that act they talk about health coverage plans for tra- gender gender affirming care. Sorry, I have a cough drop in my mouth, so I'm stuttering a little bit through that. She's drunk, guys. Just understand. I'm drunk. I, I'm, I'm, I'm drunk on so. coffee and cough drops. Uh, is the bike to the face earlier? Um, 
so it's so so in 2000 in 2022 our state said look seeing all this stuff that was happening across the country they're like no 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 we're gonna have any healthcare that is operating in the state of washington will offer gender affirming treatment and so that was huge and, and we still get shit from that from some of those other states we won't talk about idaho um oh. <laughs> And in 2023, Washington State, there was another Washington State bill um, that went up re- very recently, this month. And it people were saying, oh, it's going to strip parents' rights to interfere with their children's medical care. Thank you, Fox News. It's actually written to protect young people who are seeking reprodu- reproductive health services or gender-affirming care that was already being, um, being under attack to begin with. But just recently, it was... This bill, it's it's legislation bill, uh, Senate Bill 5599, is actually designated to ensure shelter for teenagers who are seeking services that have been kicked out by their parents. And the existing law, the way it's written now, is that when these individuals go to licensed shelters to, prov- to find safety, because youth on our streets are seeing violence and, and being killed or trafficked, they are going to these homes for safety and the, the shelters are licensed licensed and required to report to the parents within 72 hours of the end of this of the youth showing up. This bill actually would allow for those facilities to instead contact the State Department of Children, Youth and Family if they feel that the child's feasibility of being reunited with their family posed a health and safety risk to them i.e. the child's been kicked out of the home. If they go to a place and they go back to that home, they're going to get kicked out again, and the cycle will continue. This is an an effort to protect, temporarily protect and house these children as they find them a safe host home or a place where they can be instead of on the street, which is addressing a lot of homeless issues that we're seeing across the country because our youth are being kicked out. For various reasons, a lot of that is because the, they're, they identify as LGBTQ, AI+, and I, forgive me, I, I know there's more letters that are missing. That's so why that, we say queer now. That's why we say queer, because we are we really attempt to, that whole uh, inclusive. Um, again, this month as well, there's, this, there's another uh, bill. It's called Bill 5028 in Washington State that will let transgender people seal the court records of their name change with the goal of preventing their files being used to facilitate harassment. This came about because uh, a a transgender individual had a name change at the University of Washington, a student there. Somebody found out about it, posted it online, their records, the court records, online. And this person proceeded to be harassed and and, uh, harassed and um, threatened online which there's not a lot of laws helping us to fight online harassment like this you want to get into that more holly we oh (laughs) whoa oh i can't but i will put a pin in that for the moment because it's not about me anyway so this new policy will allow people who change their names because of their gender identity and get their records sealed uh and so it wouldn't be accessible publicly and so then it also further protects those individuals so when those documents are illegally obtained and put online like that, then there's another law that will go in effect that will 
that can be used as a address. Well, oh, instead of saying, oh, you're attacking me online, this is a public record, freedom of speech. No, no, no. You illegally obtained those records and you publicized it, breaking this law. And so now there's a legal path to address these concerns when they start coming up and it's being used against people. So again, Washington being proactive on that, that again, I'm not saying Washington's perfect. They certainly got some things they need to work on, but these are things that we're seeing, uh, uh, progressively seeing in the top 20 states, 21, 21 states, excuse me, that are doing this, that are progressively filing new laws that are inclusive and supportive of that diversity of, of, of who we are as people. So I appreciate this because there's this law, you have to have certain things in place in order for us to go to court and fight. That's why we fought so hard for women's equality. It's why we fought for women's voting. It's why we fought for all these different things to be a part of the constitution so that we can say that we're constitutionally protected. You have to have these things in place. And unfortunately for this young individual, they were harassed online and suffered because of that. And now as because of that, there's this new law in the books that are that's being introduced and, it, and it's getting a lot of support. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, there's another bill called the House Bill 1469, and it's looking at a 29-20 party line vote in the Senate. Um, this is about reproductive health care and gender affirming care. Another So another law that's been introduced here in the state. There's, um, I don't know if you've heard of this. Have you heard of this? It's called the State Equality Index. It's a comprehensive, no. okay, it's a comprehensive state-by-state report that provides an overview of statewide laws and policies and effect that affect the, the queer community. And this is the HRC, the Human Rights Campaign Group, and they do a lot of evidence-based information. So I find them to be pretty trustworthy. Oh, yeah. Uh, so the, of the 21 highest ranking states that are working towards innovative equality, we have California, Maine, D.C., Colorado, New York, Massachusetts, Illinois, New York, Vermont, Connecticut, Nevada, Oregon, Washington, Minnesota, Delaware, Rhode Island, Maryland, Hawaii, New Mexico, New Hampshire, and Virginia. Thank you guys for leading by example. I appreciate it. Um, of the states I didn't mention, hmm, I don't know. <laughs> uh, these states have a broad range of protections that ensure the equality of queer people, including comprehensive and non-discriminating laws, safer school policy, health care, and access to transgender and access for transgender people. The advocates of these communities of these states are focused on implementation of laws and advancing innovative legislation that addresses the needs of our vulnerable population. So that's how these that that's the kind of the description here for those 21 states. Um, and that's also where we get that new updated number of the, of the 86% voter support in Washington state. So it actually breaks down where people are voting and then where people are voting based off of if there's a religious component to it. So they do break that out. And even in that religious component, it does go down a little bit, but it's still above, well above 50%. So it's very interesting data points that they collected. Um, and I'll, I'll drop again, those notes in the in the the links to the notes below oh gosh See, and that's the big difference between washington and idaho i was able to find basically three laws that are going all against queer people and holly just listed uh and not what, all of them number, 
This yeah. is just this is just 2022 and 23 as yeah. of the April. There's tons more before that. I mean, I have a whole timeline that I can I can I'll drop a link to that as well, but a whole timeline since the early 19 late 1900, excuse me, where something was happening at the state level at the uh federal level. They were like, oh, uh, sodomy law. We got this sodomy law. You can't do this. You can't do that. And then Washington's like, ah, but we're going to say that that doesn't count because we have our own law. Because it's not passed federally, it, they, states can do that, right? So it's just, it's very, I find it very interesting how we have this, this national level, the things that are happening on national events where they're saying sodomy codes or you can't, you can't speak out against uh you can't you can't you can't talk about homosexuality you can't talk about this and then washington's like oh but we're gonna pass this we're gonna allow for people to do this we're gonna pass another law to do this uh we're gonna allow lesbians to open bars we're gonna allow gay people to own businesses and yet on the other side we have san francisco that was having issues about uh being able to have certain businesses open and operate because of you know stupid shit just stupid shit that was happening and washington among a handful of states are just like oh so that's gonna happen all right we're gonna get ahead of this and my point being you talked about this bathroom law that was introduced what a couple of days ago in idaho and just recently governor Inslee's like cool so we're gonna push this law right now as a as a direct counter to to what's happening in idaho it's like oh that you're gonna say okay no we're gonna Here's us protecting those rights. Here's us protecting those people. Here's what it looks like. Well, one of the things I love is, and you've kind of talked about it in different ways, but the Washington state passed a shield law to protect trans people yes. and abortion seekers. Yeah. And I love that, that the saying, nope, come here. We love you. We'll, yep. we will, we'll protect we, you. We'll, yeah, we'll help you. So it's, because um, that is scary then for, in I mean, you know, women or trans people who, okay, who live here in Moscow. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen if they go to Washington for something, you know, if they go for an abortion or, I mean, hell, even just a woman going to family planning for whatever is needed and not, you know, are they going to get harassed? What's going to happen to them? So mm -hmm. that's, um, it's makes Washington just, that much better and not like i said there are so many good things about moscow in itself but oh my god it's getting mm -hmm. it's 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 getting scary here it really is where my husband and and watched the news for those reasons just to make sure we don't need to move at the last minute or something so yeah and i had when i first moved out here 14 years ago and in, into the eastern area i lived in i lived in the spokane area and it was okay. I didn't feel any sort of one way or another there. But when I moved down south a little bit more, Holman was very, you know, I wasn't so sure. I wasn't so sure about holding hands in public. I wasn't so yeah. sure about certain things. In Moscow, though, again, just, oh, yeah. just I'm like, no, nah, no problem. I could walk into anywhere. And it was, I didn't feel, and it was, because it's not like anybody said anything in any one of those two places. There was the looks. Oh yeah. There's a there's a look that you get. You walk by a restaurant window and you're holding your wife's hand and you see these long looks. I'm like, why do you, why eat your food? You got your wife sitting in front of you. Pay attention to her. Why are you looking at me? Or yeah, you know. And so 
what, but when I was in Idaho, and I don't know why it was different, but we would hold hands. We walked down the street. We didn't get those long looks, those weird eyes and eyebrow things, and you know. Well, and it's. I think it says it says a lot that because we have Pride Month coming up soon, and I know ours is later on, but that Palouse Pride takes place in Moscow, not Pullman. It takes mm-hmm. place in Moscow, and there's some really good reasons why it takes place. I mean. It is the queer visibility is much more apparent in in Moscow than in Pullman, mm-hmm. much more. Mm-hmm. And then it's weird then then talking about the the differences though in the laws. Um, I love the fact that in Pullman, um, I mean in Moscow, they have uh, there's a food bank that really does try to cater towards the queer population. They take anybody, but yeah. they make sure to know that the queer population can come in. There, yes, this is resources. Yeah, yeah, so it's 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 very. I'm sure a lot of people who live in Moscow are feel like Dean and I do. It's it's very torn, and we're mm-hmm. new to this area. We're new to to Moscow, but we feel very. We have friends. We have a a, a couple. They have lived here for years, and. Um, I need to actually, I don't know their opinion, but I want to find out their opinion on stuff and see how they feel about everything that's going on. So, yeah. But anyway, so, yeah. So, um, so right now, Washington is better than, than Idaho in a lot of ways. It's too bad because, but because at least really Idaho is a beautiful state. It really is. I love. Yeah. Love Idaho. Yeah. Well, everything else except for that ridiculous air quote church. Oh yeah. Whatever. And and these these freaking discrimination laws. Well, and the the skinheads and stuff like that, you know. Oh, so, of course. Yeah. Discrimi- I know. I know. That was under the discrimination. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so in the Okay, end- th- for three reasons. Dis- Skinheads, religious group, which honestly, that's also kind of in that skinhead thing too. And yes, discrimination against the queer people. So it's something that um, it just, it's like, that's something we just wanted to talk about this time is that where we live so close to each other Mm -hmm. and it's so different. People have to start understanding that these are individual states that they make up their own sometimes scary laws, sometimes life-affirming laws. Yeah, and, it's And these people vote them in. And uh, so it's like, let's... Vote them out. Vote them out. And that's the key of every state and every city is that when we... Again, I harp on this a lot in our, in our shows of recent. If we vet somebody at a city level or state level, we're vetting them for the next level. Because once they're, it's just that job promotion. They start promoting each other into the next thing. If we, the people, don't vote them in correctly the first time and hold them accountable to the things that they're supposed to be doing and representing their community, then they will continue to get away with that as they matriculate into the next level of government. So one of the things that, uh, this is just a perfect, it's, it's not specifically about queer rights, but... I was just watching the news this morning. I don't know if you know who Moms for Liberty are, but they're a group that bans books, basically. That's what they oh, do. Oh, yes, I did. Okay. See. Yes. And so in the, they have, 
over the entire country, they have been. Oh, and by the way, there's a Moms for Liberty in Pullman. So, by the just so you know, not in okay. Moscow, ironically, but in Pullman. Yeah. Um, they <coughs> they uh, were in over. They had people in over. It was like 550 school board elections, and they won 200 200 plus of those seats they went up for. Oh, so nice. talk about yeah. So right there, that's the scary part to help ban books. They talk about banning grapes of wrath. I mean, this is you know they're talking about uh, and and really getting. Oh, okay, the book we talked about. Uh, that sounds gay. What was the name of yeah. that book? Uh, that's so gay, or that's, that's so gay. gay. That's one of the books they've they've gotten banned places. A book that honestly I care you know one way or the other about it, but they have gotten that one banned, saying it's pornographic. They're saying you know. Oh my so, gosh! Then we need to ban the Bible. Uh, so what they're doing, and they're they're and so they're going through all these places doing this, and they did they're doing grassroots. See, that's the scary part. School boards, you don't think of anything, but then like you were saying, that's the next step. You go from school boards to what's the next step after that. So we have to start. We have to, we have to, we should already be doing it. Getting grassroots and Are you getting saying, on school boards. Because I haven't seen this news article or news break. Are you saying that of the 500, 200 200 ish people who are banning books got onto these boards? Yeah. Shit. Yeah. Across I, the country. I mean, yes, and in the grand scheme of things, that's nothing, but you start that just starts to ripple effect. No, yeah, exactly. It's a ripple effect. It's it's not just our our our, our state positions or or government positions. It's these boards. The boards yeah. that yeah, it's it's exactly that. It's that grassroots conversation, holding people accountable. And if you don't feel like you're qualified to be on there, to be someone that represents your community, take a hard look at whether or not that is imposter syndrome on your part and whether or not that's actually true. Look at who's sitting in those positions right now. I guarantee you there's on every, not just any, not just one board, on almost every board, I'm going to guess there's two people on that board who probably aren't qualified that you're just as qualified for, or if not more, if not than, more. Yeah. So and a lot of times it's showing up. You'll learn, you'll learn a lot of the stuff that you need to know. It's asking questions Yeah. and, 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 and really saying, is this for, is this for my community? Does this represent my community? And is this for the betterment of my community? And you think banning books is going to be it? Really? That does not and work. It, no, it's, it's, I just remember that one, again, I was just watching the news this morning, it was, it was on CBS Sunday morning, and it was just, and the women, the women were very proud of what they'd done, they, you know, they these Liberty moms were very proud of what they'd done, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and by all rights, they should be proud, because they're doing shit that we need to be doing on the other side of it. There, it's, I, it, it just, and it does shock me that a group called Liberty Moms, which is, I mean, that's taking the term liberty and skewing it so desperately bad that anyway, yeah. anyway, sorry, going off on, on that we have to, and if you don't want to, if you don't want to run for office, don't, but make sure you learn who your people are that you're not. And I've in the past, I've done that. Oh, cool. So-and-so is going for the school bar and running there. Sure. Why not? 
we can't do that. We have to learn who these people are and say yes or no to them. Even if it's just saying, even if there's nobody else trying for it, say no to that person. Yeah. You know. I know. Yeah. You gotta okay. know. All right. right. I think we've, I think people know yeah. our, our stance on these things. I, I think we've probably reached our level. Oh, I, I do. I know we're wrapping this up. So I do want to make sure to say one thing more about, about Marcia, Marcia Darling, who, who has a guest, um, two things. Uh, very recently she had a cancer diagnosis and then more even recently she found out she's cancer free. So yay. It also to promote another podcast, she has a podcast out called trans spotting. They've now had their third episode. Folks listen to it. It's it's very, it's fun. It's informative. I'll also put that in our notes too. Okay. Yeah. So get that in there. Yeah. So in that. I'm 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 glad we're back. Everybody, so, uh, we 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 promise we won't be away this long again until we do it. And we didn't realize we're you know we got too busy with other things. But we love you. We love Hold you. On to Miss us. you guys. And until next time, be well. And be queer, you fuckers. <laughs> <laughs>